0: There's no way out. I've got to show them what I've become. There's no doubt. Coming back to the world, and I'm still hanging on. There's no way out. I've made my choices where I belong. do don't, in my life have been all the same With a strain
1: in my mind Getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart But it's just a game Gotta get over it Won't go insane Won't achieve anything While I'm down Don't want to give out My heavy-weighted frown I'm stopping this now I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground Now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change Like a change make getting change Gonna stay the same With my mind frame rearranged. Gonna wash the blue out my mind Out my eyes Was a blind in my mind Cause that was old times Cause I'm so impressed With a clear vision You can even spell my name In optimism Just track the M's An I and the P And then what you're left with Is me
0: the way out I've got to show you what I've become There's no doubt
2: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I am Zod Rider and you are listening to PSN-Radio.com. We may have been off to a little bit of a late start today and I do apologize for everybody waiting for this show to have started at 9pm Eastern. But I was having a little bit of technical difficulties, and anybody who knows this show knows that this show, in particular, is notorious for having technical issues. You know, this broadcasting software just doesn't always like me, so I'm apologizing for that. But, on the bright side, I do have a very special guest with me tonight, representing the Snyder Cut movement, R.T. Snyder Cut, Mr. Eric Blake. Of hard boiled entertainment. Welcome to the Zod Rider show. Eric, it is excellent to have you here tonight.
1: And it is excellent to be here tonight, Mr. Zod Rider. How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. Like I said, short of those technical difficulties, I mean, I'm having a great day. It was kind of, you know, it was kind of busy for me today and I'm, and I, and that's why I own my whole thing. I got off to a late start and then the technical difficulties. But now that we're on the air and everything seems to be going well, we can discuss A multitude of topics on tonight's show. And one of the things that, one of the things I wanted to ask you before, right off, right off the bat, before we even get started and start talking about all of this, release the Snyder Cut goodness, what can you tell Mm -hmm. the audience about, can you tell the audience a little bit about, um, hard boiled entertainment and what it is that you, what it is you were trying, you're trying to accomplish with hardboiled entertainment. I got I got a little bit of a look earlier about at your YouTube channel. So you're sort of you're an you're kind of an independent filmmaker, so to speak.
1: Eh, something like that. I mean, um I pretty much re- named my uh, channel that like after um when I was at USF, uh University of South Florida. Like there's this, uh, we took part in this annual campus movie fest. And for three years in a row, like the last three years I was there, I uh, I took part and I uh, did some films there. Uh, and for a while, for a while, even before that, I knew I really wanted to get into filmmaking. I mean, ever since I saw Pulp Fiction, like you know, for many of the great filmmakers, like they realized they wanted to get into the business when they saw a specific film. Like for Steven Spielberg, it was Lawrence of Arabia. For Quentin Tarantino, it was The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. For me, it was Pulp Fiction about uh, Quentin like I in fact I can tell you the exact scene it was the scene if you remember when John <clears throat> with that montage we hear that surf rock music Bullwinkle part 2 where John Travolta is like it's fading in and out of him like shooting up of all things fading in and out of that thing in and out of him driving the car perfectly paced to the music I was watching that. I was like wow that's so cool the fact that you can do that and have that kind of effect <clears throat> and uh and I found myself, um, like, Quentin Tarantino's been, like, a hero of mine. Alfred Hitchcock's been another. But, and I found myself drawn to writing directing. And people have repeatedly, on a regular basis, whenever they've seen my work, they've complimented me on how I characterize through dialogue. So, again, like, I'm falling in Quentin's footsteps. So, um, but anyway, but anyway, um, with that in mind, like, um, I named it Boiled Entertainment because like I'm really, really big into film noir and i certainly okay. was on a, and I was on a big film noir craze when I, when I was, uh, decided to name it that. <clears throat> I, I still kind of am. I even assembled quite a few suits and really, quite, a, I've got quite a, few, I've got a fedora collection or like in my, in my closet. So that's that. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, Hardboiled Entertainment, that's basically, I don't know like every filmmaker I guess has their like personal company name I guess like every big one anyway like JJ J. Abrams has Bad Robot Quentin Tarantino has A Band Apart Spielberg has Amblin so I guess like I have to name my uh personal company something so there you go Hardball Entertainment
2: Wow okay yeah that yeah. I mean that that sound that sounds really good and it sounds like you've you know you've thought that out You've thought that out, and 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 it's good to hear that you know you have you have a lot of ideas. So where I mean, so where are things where are things headed with hard boiled entertainment? Any any big projects that you have uh, coming down the line? That's usually a question I would ask you at the end of the show, but I know we have a lot of other stuff we have to get to. So I just wanted to get that in just right off the bat. What's what's on the horizon for hard boiled entertainment?
1: Well as of now, we're kind of um on hold. I'm kind of focusing on some other things uh some other like things that I'm working on with current jobs. Like I'm currently a um I'm currently essentially the head entertainment and culture writer for Western Free Press. And I've been uh <clears throat> writing a lot I've been writing a lot of film articles there. Um I, and of course like help lead in. I've written a lot about Zack Snyder stuff, so including Mansfield, B V S. Um and i've got, and watchmen, and I've got more to come, but um yeah, I'm still doing it like I'm still trying to keep my skills at screenwriting sharp um I have occasionally like when I have free time, I will um go to these little like script projects that I've set for myself um and i have and I have some like various like scripts i've I've written or or am in the process of writing uh to keep it sharp and also like to get it out of my system, get these films out of my system so I can move on to other screenplays. So I have all these I have all these written I have some written down. I have some Noirs written down. Of course I have some Westerns written down. But of course I also and I don't know if this is an example of just how conceited I am or not but I am in the but I am in the middle of quite of a few um scripts for the DC, for the DCEU, like I have some, I have several like, uh, like just several like different ideas burning in my head. Like if I were able to go into Warner Bros, now we're given, and if Walter Armada and Jim were to give me like the opportunity to write for these films, for the DC films, what scripts could I, would I want to write? What would I want to do with this, with these characters, with these actors, and then just Right away. I'm writing all these things. I don't know. Will anything come of it? I don't know. Hope springs eternal, but like the man said, if there's even a 1% chance.
2: (laughs) Well, okay, so you've been, so you've actually, you actually have some active script ideas for the DCEU that you, that you would like to develop?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, so
2: in, so with that, so with that in mind, um, I guess my first question would be like leading a sense that that's actually a good lead in then since since you're a screenwriter yourself. The idea of the idea of writing a script for for an for a universe like the DCEU. Are you satisfied with the direction the DCEU is currently taking? Are your scripts are and and how are your scripts reflective of that? I mean, basically, what's your view of? the current iteration of the DCEU that seems to be going in a completely opposite direction from where it began with Zack Snyder?
1: Um, it's very complicated. Uh, here's the thing. I um, I've kind of, sort of, have made my peace with the idea that uh, Zack's five-part arc won't happen. But But, you know, if it did... Um, if you ever, if anyone ever wants to, like, look at my Twitter, uh, uh, my Twitter account, like, at Hardball Films, it's Hardball Films because Hardball Entertainment can't fit on a Twitter handle for some reason, but whatever, that's Twitter <laughs> for you, too short, but um, I I have pinned to it my whole idea, like, if I were the Kevin Feige of the DCU, this is how I would lay it out, and it does involve bringing Zach back to finish his uh, five-part arc, but at the same time, like, the stuff that I've written, that I'm written, that I'm writing and have written, like it's, it's more or less where it could fit regardless. But am I satisfied? Um, I like the films that have come out. Let's put it that way. I really like Aquaman, and I love Shazam. If I were to rank the DCU films thus so far, um, Man of Steel is at the top. That maybe Superman Ultimate Edition is number two. Shazam is through is third. And fourth, it's pretty much like it's 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 Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like jockeying for position of fourth. I mean, it really I suppose it almost depends on which one I've seen late I've seen last. So but yeah. Um as far as what's coming, I mean I'm just I'm. I'll be honest. I am really impatient for a Man of Steel too. Like I, I, I am getting kind of restless for that.
2: Well, and, and, and with that being said, being restless for a Man of Steel yeah. too, because I'm restless for Man of Steel as well. So I, so I feel yeah. where you're going there. But my, but you know, my biggest issue is now all of a sudden we're hearing <laughs> all of this stuff about a possible Supergirl movie and an idea that. You know, they might wanna, they're trying to figure out a way to essentially reboot, like do a soft, like do a soft reboot of sorts. And, Mm. and that, that to me is, that to me is creating a lot of frustration within my, within my own personal viewpoint of where they're going. Because as of right now, see, unlike you, I did not enjoy Shazam at all. And I was Mm -hmm. kind of, when it comes to Aquaman, I was so so on Aquaman like I enjoy Aquaman for what it is because I think yeah. Aquaman has some amazing visuals I think James Wan is a wonderful director but at the same time I kind of feel like I kind of mm-hmm. feel like that movie is is suffering from a from some sort mm-hmm. from the from the makeover that WB's trying to do with all of their films. Now don't get me wrong, I don't have a problem with uh, the the DCEU using different styles and different tones for their films, because after all, these films are comic book movies and, you know, yeah. comic books have different tones and styles all the time. That's nothing new. But what the issue that I have is that every every movie that's come out since Batman v. Superman has been such a complete departure From where we started, that it's completely unrecognizable, which is why now at this point, it seems like they're doing everything that they can to distance themselves from Man of Steel and BVS. And to me, I feel like that is that that's completely the wrong way to go about it, because what they should be doing is capitalizing on the fan base that they built off of those two films and then everything else that they do can fall into place. Like you said, you having some script ideas for the DCEU saying, yes, you could see, you know, Zack Snyder's five point part movie arc. Yeah. And then, move, and then you could see other movies fitting in wherever, wherever they, wherever they can based off of that. And that's the whole problem. You know, it's like Zack gave them a blueprint for for something to spring off of. And they've decided to turn around and go uh, in a completely direct, different direction to a, to appease mm. a totally different crowd of, of moviegoers. And to me, it's like, you could, you could be a fan of both. You could be a fan of the DCEU. You could be a fan of the MCU. And you could like mm. all that. You could just like all those movies and just be a film lover. It's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. And there should be no stigmas attached to that. But my thing is when, when you have a studio like Warner Brothers, who, who consistently ostracizes their directors and treats yeah. their creative creative talent like garbage it's hard to be excited for anything that they have moving forward at least from my hmm. perspective because I'm like I'm like okay you, you got so now it appears that they're giving they're giving car Blanc, they're giving Car blanche to Matt Reeves and letting him do whatever the hell he wants with the Batman okay he's gonna get three movies and all i can do is scratch my head and say well we got three very good independent movies independent batman movies from yeah. christopher nolan it doesn't get much more indie than that christopher nolan kept kept his batman grounded in reality and everybody seemed to love it at least the majority of people and so i'm kind of i'm kind of frustrated and wondering why they would feel that it's necessary to get rid of an iteration of Batman that everybody seemed to love in in the form of Ben Affleck and allow another director to come in and just do whatever the hell they he wants to do in the midst of trying to build a universe. And so that's what's making me think yeah. that everything that they're doing going forward is about creating separate standalone franchises and not really mm-hmm. caring about continuity. What do you think about that?
1: Well, um... It really depends. I mean, yeah, go into the whole, go into the whole movie thing. Like, as far as Supergirl, right? And here's the thing. I, I'm not sure what to make of Supergirl. I mean, that's the sort of thing where, look, if you're going to do a Supergirl movie, you have got to clear up this whole thing with Man of Steel too. Right away, as far as that movie's concerned, because yeah, 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 because I'm sorry, you cannot have Supergirl without not without bringing in Superman, or Um,
2: or and and this is what I'm afraid of, you know, you know, you know, Eric, this is my biggest pet peeve and issue with this whole Supergirl thing. Nobody is asking for a supergirl movie. We've got yeah. we've got Supergirl on TV if you want to watch Supergirl on TV every day. Nobody is asking for that. We're asking we've been asked actively asking Warner Brothers and everybody I talk to we're, we're asking for a Man of Steel too. We're asking for a continuation of Henry Henry Cavill's iteration of the character. Yeah. And that and I do not understand for the life of me why WB would feel that now would be the time to start developing Supergirl. Because oh. at this point, if, and, le- and like you said, unless you are planning to finish up the confusion with Man of Steel and give us a Man of Steel 2 to, to round that out, there's really no – I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be really, really difficult to get your audience to accept Supergirl. But I guess they're kind of looking at it like, and this is my biggest fear – that they're going to bring they're going to do this Superman Supergirl movie with zero regard for Superman and they're going to recast Superman later down the line. My fear well, is that my fear is that they're that, that yes, Supergirl will come and then what they'll do is is it'll they'll be as far as distanced as far away from Henry Cavill's version of Superman as possible and you'll get a new you'll get a new character. It's like they're going out of their way to completely erase as much of the foundation that Zack Snyder created as possible. And that yeah. is and that to me is the biggest problem. You 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 have yeah. DC, you have a multiverse. You can make yeah. any movie you want canon because you have a multiverse that allows for you to have different universes, different, you know, different continuities. It doesn't not not every movie has to tie together. But at the end of the day, you do kind of have to Kind of have to give some closure to to your to your fan base on one level before you jump into something else, which is what what my biggest problem is with this whole Matt Reeves trilogy and the direction they want to go in with with Supergirl. I don't I don't know. It's confusing to me.
1: Yeah, if I may, Um, this really refers to a line in the sand that I have drawn for myself ever since Justice League underperformed. And there was concern even then of a reboot. And I'll confess, I saw Justice League three times in the theater. I usually don't do that. It's on a good day for a movie. Like, if I really love a movie, I'll see it more. I can, like, me seeing a movie twice in a theater says something. Mm -hmm. But I saw it three times. And the reason I saw it those many times was because I was afraid, I was looking at the numbers, the box office numbers, and I was afraid that if Justice League bombed, they would hard reboot the DC year. And here's the thing. I drew a line in the sand ever since that happened. And these are my terms for Warner Brothers. If they reboot Superman, if they recast Henry Cavill and recast Amy Adams as Lois Lane, then I'm done with with this, with whatever they plan on doing with Superman. I don't care what, I don't care, look, even if the movie is good, look, I'm sure it's going to be a good movie, but even if it's a good movie, if I were to see it, I would be filled with one thought, why couldn't you have done this with Henry and Amy? Seriously, this wasn't too hard. Now, well, that's as, well, that's
2: the that's a good that's actually a very very good point. You know, it's my, not like people hate it's not like people hate the actors yeah. in those roles. I mean, even if they <laughs> even if their idea is to take it to another level and they want yeah. they they don't have to recast. This is no. this is the thing. This is the thing. They've got okay. They've still got Jason Momoa as Aquaman, and apparently they have a big future for Aquaman, because of this one billion stuff, and yeah. obviously obviously they love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and because her version of Wonder Woman has been so successful, they're going to double down on Wonder Woman but from what I'm hearing Wonder Woman, mm. the next Wonder Woman movie is essentially going to be the linchpin that's going to uh, re reconfigure the DCEU, yeah. so to speak
1: so... <laughs> gonna speak on that because look, I heard about that. Honestly, I don't look, I don't trust Grace Randolph, period. Um but you know other people have been picking up on her theory that it's gonna be like a uh, the to like reboot the DCU. I I don't really put any stock in that as far as Wonder Woman 84 being like changing everything, changing the landscape. I I, I don't know, but it definitely
2: doesn't sound but it definitely doesn't sound in continuity with what we've what we've seen before either, which is another problem. Like, okay, like for me, like you gave how you rank the DCEU movies. And, And for me, I rank it like this. I rank Man of Steel number one. I think Man of Steel to this day, is the best com one of the best comic book movies, if not the best comic book movie of all time. I love Man of Steel. I will live and die by that movie. I think that movie is is a masterpiece. And then yeah. a, a very very close second for me uh-huh. is Batman is Batman v Superman: uh, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. Now, the thing with that is, it's not that I think Man of Steel is miles above BVS. But it's yeah. just that you, but it's just that you're, it's just that they're so close. It's hard yeah. to, it's like for me, The I guess the reason for, for me putting Man of Steel ahead of BVS is just because I feel like it is the perfect Superman story. And I In don't fact. think, and I don't think you can, I don't think you can get any better than Man of Steel, to be honest. Yeah. And so then you have the, then you have BVS. And then for me, the only other. Uh DCEU film that I that I consider worth its salt is Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman was a fantastic film. It was once again, you know, Zack Snyder was involved with it. It was a great film. Patty Jenkins did a wonderful job. It was nice to see uh Gal Gadot out there as Wonder Woman again. I loved it. And so to me, those are the top 3. Everything yeah. else, it to me is just I could take it or leave it. I don't care. It's not none of it really Makes any difference, and even and I my my feelings towards Wonder Woman recently have sort of soured because I kind of get the feeling now that Patty Jenkins and I wish Patty Jenkins would come out making a statement saying something in support of what we're doing for Zack Snyder and for yeah. film integrity because my problem the problem I'm having with Patty now is it seems like Patty is kind of veering off into the land of I believe my own I believe my own hype and I do, mm-hmm. and you know what you know what, yeah, Zach was nice was nice, but now I'm gonna buddy up to these people over here who don't like Zach because it's gonna further my career. And that's kind of how i 'm what the the thing i'm getting from Patty based on things that she said in interviews and the, the the direction that she seems to be going, and like i said i'm not liking the things i'm hearing about wonder woman eighty four so to me all that being said I, you know i'm a little bit i'm a little bit leery, but I still think that Wonder Woman is a worthy d c e u film and I still put it up there. It's definitely not as good as Man of Steel and BVS, but it's, but it's the, it's the, it gets the third place slot because to me, the rest of them are just, are just, I don't know. They're, they're just just their own thing. So, so yeah, I'm, so I, so, but like I said, I'm hoping with you and hope springs eternal when it comes to this stuff, but my, I'm kind of feeling like if we get the Snyder cut because of all these great things that we're doing, if the Snyder cut actually comes out at some point, that Thank is going to be cl- closure for me and closure yeah. for many of us. I don't, I don't know. That's
1: what I want. That is what I want. And it's like, look guys, give me, look, not just the Snyder cut, give me the Snyder cut and one more film with Henry Cavill and Amy Adams as Clark and Lowe. Give me one more Man of Steel film with them front and center. Or any other film with them front and center, whether it's man skills or not adjustly, give me one more film with them front and center, and then I can move on with whatever you're giving me. But just give me my satisfying fill. Yeah. So, um I had my satisfying fill with the Dark Knight trilogy of Christian Bale and and like would I have liked, you know, a fourth film within the Nolan verse? Sure. But I was satisfied with dark, with um, the way everything ended, the way it was tied up. But with Justice, and the thing is, like, when I saw Justice League, you know, and it was before I knew exactly all that we had lost with the Snyder Cut, is before right. I watched, before, like, Kevin Smith did his rundown of, like, not a complete rundown, but it was, like, that article like, had, like, a lot of what was lost that he read. Yeah. And mm-hmm. before, but before that, I was like, well, I mean, the film's fine, but Henry and Amy are barely in it. I feel like I haven't gotten my satisfying feel. Right.
2: I, you know what? You know what? And what you're saying, it's so funny because I remember when I, the night I got home from seeing Justice League, I'd gone to see it with, see, my father and I had may have made it a tradition where we go see all these DCEU films. And actually really? his favorite DCEU movie is Man of Steel as well. So when we went to see Justice League, it was me, my father and my nephew and I remember the night we walked out and we walked into the parking lot and I looked at my nephew and I said, Justice League was just fine. And that's all I could say about it. And yeah. it was, th- and it was then that I, because you could tell when you were watching it that something was missing. You could tell yeah. when you were watching it that it was just not. Cause it, it, cause the the tone was so off that you that you really had to that you really had to sus- have this suspension of disbelief to even follow where they were going, and a lot of the choices that they made were so nonsensical that it just it, it just ruined the entire experience. And I remember posting on Facebook that the next day just exactly that justice league was just fine and that's really all i could say about it i really didn't have and then as time went on and then we when we found out all of these yeah. things and found out the truth about what we really were missing and what really went on and exactly just mm. how bad it all was that made so much more sense and it made mm. and it validated all these uneasy feelings that every single one of us have had since we saw the theatrical cut. it just, it, it it's unbelievable. And, you know, I'm glad that you felt the way that you did, too. And yeah. I'm glad that I'm hearing that this is how a lot of other people felt, too. Like, like what the yeah. hell did we just watch, you know?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, um, when I first saw it, I felt that I really liked it. But the main reason was the thing it was like an that,
2: illusion, wasn't it? Didn't it come <laughs> off as like like a smoke <laughs> and mirrors kind of thing? Like you here's like this movie, like a magician. You like this movie. This movie is great. You like it, like like a lot of the, like a lot of MCU movies.
1: Yeah, yeah but here is the, the thing: looking back, knowing what I know now, like in large part thanks to a uh, uh, John Aaron Gardner's like periodic table, where he analyzes exactly which shots Were Snyder with shots for Whedon and what was what was changed and all that. Mm
0: -hmm. Looking
1: back, all the things that I loved about Justice League that where I where I walked out of the theater saying I really loved the movie, all those things that I loved were Snyder, and but there were those moments where I did feel those moments of unease, and it did pass because then we got to the next great Snyder moment. But there were those moments of unease, and looking back, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. That was reshoot. And but I'll tell you oh, that, yeah. like, the, the one that blew, the one that was like, I'll tell you, like, I have this, this rule, I guess, that if a movie can get me like misty eyed, kind of like get my eyes to well up and like tears and all that, then I'll walk out of here saying, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. But in this case, like in this case, um, the moment where. Like at the end of the Heroes Park fight where like Lois like goes, get, goes to Clark and gets him to calm down. The emotion of that moment, that's a Snyder moment, the emotion of that moment did get me misty eyed in the theater.
2: But again, and- it's a Snyder moment. So you're, <laughs> yeah. so you can attribute that to again, the quality of Zack Snyder's filmmaking. What Zack Snyder knows <laughs> how to do with these scenes because Zack Snyder understands these characters and honestly, mm-hmm it's like it's like we we've we've got we got so much the and how i feel bad for all of us as fans that have been fighting for this movie for over 2 years how i feel bad for all of us is that we've got we you've got to in order to enjoy any aspect of the theatrical cut you've got to sit through so much garbage you've got to sit through you have got to sit through you got to sit through over an Thursday. hour and a half of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. in order to get anything. And, and the thing is, the little <laughs> nuggets that we got from Snyder just were not enough to elevate yeah. this movie to any kind of likable status. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you, you judge a movie. And like you said, you were like, I went and seen this multiple times. And I, and I thought you were going to say you, were, you saw it, went to see it multiple times because you wanted, you were trying to find something redeeming about it me I went and seen it in the theaters once, and i couldn't bear to go see it again because yeah. I realized that the movie was such a departure from what it was supposed to be and i and then I started finding out things like I think like a day later I started seeing and finding out things and you know where we were already uh in the infancy yeah. stages of hashtag release the snyder cut so uh this is this is I mean, this is just a tragedy on so many levels. I mean, when you, th- when you think about what Zack Snyder gave us with Man of Steel and BVS, can you imagine what he has in store for us for Justice League? I mean, come yeah. on. I, I mean, J- Joss Whedon isn't, one- is not one tenth of the filmmaker as uh, of Zack Snyder. It's incredible.
1: Darn right. And in fact, like, like honestly, like, the first thing, like, I was always sure, look, there's got to be more to this in this movie. Like, I went out of the theater, like, I liked it, but there's got to be more. I felt like there was stuff missing, and there's got to be more. And then I saw that Kevin Smith podcast, where he read that rundown. And here's the thing. We we've, had we've gotten many different contradictory rundowns of stuff that were supposedly in the Snyder Cut at right. that point. Yes. But he had a woman in the audience who in an earlier episode said that she had been to a test screening of the Snyder Cut and then later on had seen the the, the theatrical cut. And she was in the audience when he read aloud that rundown and she talked with him and she was nodding along and said that most, if not all, of the stuff that he was reading was in fact in the Snyder Cut. Now, that rundown was not complete. We now know that there's more stuff like like there's like that Lois had that whole subplot of her like emo- her in the emotional aftermath of 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 Clark's death, you know, going to Heroes Park, interacting with the Jimmy Olsen cop, the real scene with Martha, and the uh and and um, apparently she has like there's like a neighbor in her apartment complex that she talks to apparently that's in the IMDb credits, uh, and but uh, but again, but 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 when he read that rundown. And I learned so much of what we had lost and how much more sense the movie would have made and how much more would have connected. I, I felt so sick. I was like, okay, they had better release this. And they had better release it soon. Because that ticks me off that they took all that out and replaced it with, oh yeah, something's definitely bleeding. Or the thirsty moment. I mean, seriously. And I And I was ticked off. Look, thirsty... Joss Whedon, you, Mr. Strong Female Character, and the best you could do for Lois was thirsty, mocking her grief like that? Seriously? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that's essentially what it was. He was mocking grief. And honestly, and and, and the more you think about it now, it seemed like the whole purpose of a lot of the extra stuff that Joss Whedon did was to basically make a parody out of what Zack Snyder had done before like you know the whole hope is like your car keys thing too oh. i mean i mean when you think about how bad and how cringeworthy all of these lines and additions are and and the lengths that they went to try and make this movie funny with that whole brunch subplot with the flash oh. and all this crazy i mean and i mean not not, not even when we haven't even we're not even talking about the bad cgi from with henry cavill i mean the oh. whole movie just suffered from so many missteps you know and, and and you know in a lot of ways i feel like i i it's a movie that i really wish that i hadn't watched and if it's true that Zack snyder Hasn't seen the theatrical cut, which which I which I like. I like hearing that every time you, you see him make statements like that, like he hasn't watched it, or you know he doesn't even know what's in. It. He didn't even know the Russian family was in the movie. I, I, yeah. I have to say, you know that that that's great, and I hope as the as the stellar filmmaker visionary that Zack Snyder is. He never does sit down and watch that theatrical cut of Justice League because it would probably be a heartbreaking experience to sit down and see the way they butchered his movie. It is so it it would be so terrible for any true artist to have to witness the bastardization of his hard work. I I, I just can't I, I just can't fathom it. I no wonder no wonder no wonder Ben no wonder Ben Affleck damn near had a nervous breakdown afterwards. I mean, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Um If I were in Zach, yeah, for me, if I were in Zach's shoes, like, I might watch it after my cut was released. Just maybe I can have, like, a bit of a victory laugh and kind of gloat over, this is what you thought was better than mine, seriously. But now <laughs> we've released my cut, and now we all know the truth.
2: Well that's, it, well, that's well, uh, that's and but see, even that, I don't think that that's something that Zack Snyder would do because Zack Snyder is a classy individual and he treats yeah. he treats everybody with respect, especially his fellow filmmakers. So I don't think you would ever have him coming out. Talking trash about the reshoots that Joss Whedon made, in spite of the fact that they're horrible, he probably wouldn't even wouldn't even do that. Why? Because he respects other people and he respects what he respects what they're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, Joss Whedon, love him or hate him, he came in to do a job and he yeah. did a job. And I and I don't and although I you know I've been known to you know kind of uh, kind of throw jabs at him a little bit, I realize that. Any director that they put in that compromising position would have been yeah. stuck doing the same yeah. thing, especially yeah. under, especially with a two-hour mandate in a way that you had mm. to, you had to, you know, shape the movie to the studio's uh, liking. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there were some things. There's probably a bunch of stuff that... uh Joss Whedon himself wanted to include in the movie yeah. that the studio didn't. The studio didn't approve of. So, so for me, yeah. I feel like everybody who was involved in the creation of Justice League got screwed.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, look, and I, like, and like you say, like honestly, looking at it, you can't, you can't fully blame Joss because for the most part, like you said, he was only following orders. And honestly, the mandate thing. And honestly, honestly look. Look, even just looking at most of those reshoots, the very fact that so many of those reshoot scenes were clearly filmed with the express purpose of rushing through the plot, like the hangar scene or the lakeside scene or all those scenes clearly filmed with the purpose of rushing through to get to the plot, to get through the plot. That yes. alone, that alone should be... A Golden, solid, ironclad proof that this notion, this scoops that we've been hearing that Sujehar was the good guy and he imposed the mandate to save the the Zack's movie is nonsense. Seriously. Oh yeah, I,
2: no i I've never even I've never even heard that. To be honest, this is the first time hearing of of Sujihara doing anything kind in terms of in terms of that. I mean, I feel like. I feel like if anything, you know, between him and Toby Emmerich, I mean, we've got a, we've got a double, we've got a, a double helping of disaster right there. Cause all, cause all it seems like either one of them cared about was their bonuses.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, but people have, some people have gotten it into their heads that Sujar was trying to save <gasps> the movie with the mandate and that, but that like, Oh, there was a lot more terrible stuff, but you already took it out. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. That, 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 that is not, it makes no sense whatsoever. Look no, at the it, reshoot. Itself.
2: Exactly. So- it doesn't make any sense because you can take, cause, and, and how I, how I like to look at this, Eric, is, yeah. is when you have, when you have a successful franchise by yeah. Warner Brothers, like yeah. Lord of the Rings, that is known yeah. for long, epic movies the fact yeah. that you would take the fact that you would take a long epic justice league movie that's done in the a style of akira kurosawa's seven samurai you would take yeah. something like that and you would butcher it and cut it up and make it into a laugh fest you know with with very bad uh reshoots and i mean the fact that they would even that they went to the lengths that they went to i kind of feel like and i know a lot mm-hmm. of people have been saying this they they would have they would have been better off just releasing what they had from Zach in the first place and riding yeah. with that because in the end they probably would have saved money because think yeah. about it all the other money that they spent on reshoots and all this crap bringing in another director uh, yeah. bringing in Danny Elfman to replace a score that Junkie XL had already completed I mean the yeah. idea that the idea uh, the notion that we that that they what they did was saving them money, and now we're hearing all this stuff, oh, it's going to cost so much money to complete the Snyder Cut, da-da-da. I feel like if they would have just completed the Snyder Cut, they would have had a much better, far more solid film. It would have made more money, and it would have made more sense, and it would have fallen in line with the previous two films that you had, and you would have at least had the repeat viewings of those fans that loved those first two films but now you're, you're you're looking at something that is totally different totally different and the people that uh complained and, and wanted it to be lighter didn't even go see it because at that point it was the lowest grossing DCEU film so how can you how can you just how can Warner Brothers justify the shift in tone and the vast change that they tried to do when they didn't make when they made less money than they would have made had they just continued had they just let Snyder do his thing. And then if they wanted to move on after Snyder finished with Justice League, well that that you know, that would have been their decision because okay, now you at least gave us what Snyder but I have a feeling that Snyder's film would have been a lot more popular and Justice League would have accelerated. And you know what the thing of it is? You got all you got all had all these haters of Zack Snyder in charge. And what would have happened is if the Snyder cut of Justice League was was a popular film and it actually made money. They yeah. were afraid they were going to have they would have had to continue on with yeah. the with the arc that he wanted to make and they wanted mm-hmm. to go into a different a different direction because they wanted that Marvel money. That's what that yeah. was about. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that they could have had that. I'm saying that they could have that they could have had that because what this was this third film was doing was establishing that that arc, and we would have gotten everything that that they want, that these haters wanted. You would have gotten your, you would have gotten more of a upbeat, uh, an upbeat tone without weedanizing the shit out of it. So I, so that's Ooh. why I'm, that's why I don't understand. I, I'm still trying to understand why Warner Brothers spent more money to yeah. butcher the movie than it would have cost them just to finish the movie as it was and just ride with whatever they had. I, I don't understand that part.
1: Exactly, and honestly, it's like I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Junkie on this. Like, it is not film Junkie on this. It is not a question of money. Okay, it is. It would not like re- whether they release the, releasing the snare cut or not is not a question of money. Look, no. forty million dollars is a drop in the bucket. All they have to do is look. They have, as a character, he's not not a major role, but a significant role. Dr. Ryan Choi, the atom, in, yes. in like, the Star Lab sequence, and like, supposedly, like, he's there with Dr. Southstone, like Silas, it sounded like a fake emergency to get everyone out so that Justice League could go in, and he and Dr. Choi are there, he trusts Dr. Choi, and they're looking at the body, at Superman's body, and I would not be surprised if it was Dr. Choi be- who makes this, makes this discovery, because, you know, the atom, he knows all about the atomic levels and all that, DNA, So I would not be surprised if he's the one who announces, "Hey, you know what? Hey, in his there's the codex in his cell, and this is this this should solidify him coming back as Superman, not as another Doomsday or whatever. This will do it. And here's the thing: the fact that you have apparently you have one of the biggest stars in China playing that Doctor Choi.
2: Oh yeah, this was by design. This was by design. Zach, I remember Zack Snyder saying that he was going to bring Justice League to China. And that's exactly what he meant. Yeah. You get one of the biggest yeah. Chinese stars uh, uh, yeah. at the time. He's one of the biggest names that there is in China. And you get yeah. him in your, in your Justice League film playing yeah. this role, this this additional member yeah. of the Justice League that gets completely cut yeah. out of the version we completely. saw.
1: How stupid can you be? If you're going to like the Chinese market, hello Warner Brothers.
2: <laughs> yeah, all- yeah, the Chinese market that was what, that was almost single-handedly responsible for one billion. Look, I, I, I get it. I, I, you know, I understand. I understand what they, what, what they, what, de, what they're trying, what they were trying to do. But I also realize that they're that everything that, that 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 WB is doing is also. Anybody that says it's just about money is crazy. It's about ego. They don't, they're, they're, they're doing this because they don't want to look bad. They, they know that the Snyder cut is epic. They know that. So they know if they put that movie out, the backlash they are going to receive is just going to, it's going to, bre- the backlash is going to break the internet.
1: Exactly. And I'm with like, like, like when Kevin Smith, after he read the rundown, he's like, so yeah. They have no excuse to release it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? People watch it and said, hey, Warner Brothers, you effed up. Yeah, yeah, we kind of did. Uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of did. Sorry about that. Let's, let's move on. And that would have been the end of it. But yeah, pride, it's all pride. Because really, all you have to do is release the Snare Cut theatrically in China. And that $40 million vanishes in the first weekend.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, guaranteed. See, and this is, this is what, this is what I, I, where I'm, where I'm looking at it like on a, just on a global scale alone. You have, yeah. when you have that, when you have that international appeal and you can take, you could take the, you could take DC's biggest heroes, take a really big epic movie and, and, and just spread it around. You're going to get, you're going to get that money. I believe Justice League, had they left it intact and had they taken it to China the way Zack Snyder wanted in that way and they used and they continued, they did what, what, what Zack did there. They would have got, they would have got a billion easily off of Justice yeah. League. I, I, I okay. mean, I know it. I can feel it. Like they, they would have gotten a billion because it would have been a better movie. It would add, it would add great word of mouth. People that were, that are fans of Zack Snyder's work would have went back and seen I know I would have went back and seen it multiple times. I I've, yeah. I did I did multiple times for both Man of Steel and and BVS. Justice League I think was the first DCEU movie uh outside of I mean cuz I think I even I might I may have even seen Suicide Squad twice. I don't remember, but I think but with uh but with uh Justice League yeah, I just seen it one time and I I did I just didn't like it. You know, I didn't feel warranted enough to go back and, and see it again. I was too disappointed and too let down by the first time I saw it. So to yeah. me, you know, that that's exactly what what you're what this is why those movies make that kind of money. Because you have repeat viewings when people will go back. And if the movie's good, people will see a two hundred and fourteen minute movie it doesn 't matter the length is not what 's important what 's important is if you have a quality film that you can bring your audience into that 's what they want they want quality they don't it's not about the the minutes i mean what I mean making it two hours okay okay up and up so you make a so you make a below mediocre movie, you take something epic and you turn it into a mediocre movie, you cut it down to two hours. yeah, you can get more viewings, but guess what. Nobody's going to go see it, and the fact that it was the lowest grossing DCEU movie shows that nobody went to watch it because the word of mouth destroyed it. So yeah. I mean, ugh, it's, it's honestly, so it's so frustrating, man.
1: Honestly, look, um, you have that, and you have yeah, and just all all they do And honestly, look, Lord of the Rings. We go back to Lord of the Rings, the theatrical cut were three hours long.
2: That's what I'm saying.
1: That's what they had no excuse to cut a half hour out of BBS.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing. Had they left had they left (laughs) imagine if they would have left BBS intact. That's the biggest you know you know what? That's the lesson in all of this that Warner Brothers did not learn. Warner Brothers the Warner Brothers learned the opposite lesson of what they should have learned from BVS. What they should have learned from BVS was leave Zack Snyder alone. Let him make his movie and just go with it. Don't 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 mess with the runtime. Don't start expect I mean, honestly if you cut you cut thirty minutes out of somebody's movie of course it's going to be considered disjointed. Of course people are going to be like, what the hell? Because you're not seeing everything you're supposed to see. When you watch the ultimate cut of BVS, a lot of stuff that people complained about in the theatrical cut were, was resolved. All of the connective tissue and all the little threads that they, that they had to cut out for time to appease WB is what made that movie underperform. And honestly, the movie still did respectable, but but it would have did even better had they left it alone.
1: Yes, I mean heck, the Ultimate Edition (sighs) is one of the best selling Blu rays of all time. And seriously, I'll tell you this: like about Warner Brothers not learning its lesson. When I heard at first, like before Whedon came in, I heard that the runtime for Justice League was near three hours, and I went, "Thank you." Finally, one, thank you, because this means War Brothers learned its lesson. And then Damn. heard the news stories after we came in, and they said no, it was just going to be touch-ups. And then I heard the news that Sujara imposed a two-hour mandate. They were cutting it down to two hours. What? I cannot tell you how ticked off I felt when I heard that.
2: Oh, yeah. Two hours is not for for something that epic. You know, for something that epic, three hours is—he's being generous with your time. I mean, you got—you got got so many—you got so many—you got so many characters and so many storylines that you have to—that you have to explore. That you—you know—you want—you want want the amount—you want the proper amount of time to tell a good story. I mean, (laughs) you know, you know, I mean, hell. Three hours. Three hours would have been perfect for Justice League. I don't understand. Two uh, two, 214 minutes is fine. I, I, I don't understand what the big deal is. And I bet you that two hour that, that 214 minutes goes by a lot quicker than the yep. two hour, uh, Justice League theatrical cut that we got.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. In I case. mean,
2: come on, man. I, this is, see, this is why I'm so thankful. For people yeah. out there like chris Dawson, who's working on the black suit edition of oh, Justice yeah. League, because yeah. quite frankly, if they don't give us the snyder cut from where i'm sitting i, I hey it'll for me it'll be it'll be man of steel b v s ultimate edition, and justice League black suit edition those will oh, yeah. be I'd those'll be my d c though that'll be my d c e u trilogy and, yeah. and 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 I'll and I'll just call it a day because as yeah. far as I'm concerned, Warner Brothers has pretty much has pretty much lost me as far as as far as where they're going creatively at this point. I because it doesn't seem like they really have a direction. It just seems like they just wanna they just wanna throw a bunch of stuff out there and see what sticks. Yeah. And, you know, as as evidenced by you know the yeah. the movies that they're trying to put out. And I like I said. This Supergirl so. debacle makes zero sense.
1: But I gotta ask. But I gotta ask though, how much of that appearance is due to the fact that Hamada is just being is has this policy of silence? Now, look, I get why he had that policy of silence because before he came in, is like we constantly kept hearing these news stories. Oh, so and so is directing Flash. No, he's not. So and so is directing Cyborg. No, he's not. You know, this new guy's directing Flash. No, he's not. And they kept. We kept hearing all these new movie ideas that were coming in. Oh, oh, now then yeah. they're then they're disposed of, and then I get why Hamada's saying no, enough of that. We're not saying anything, but at right. the same time, it's been long enough. We need to know what is going on here. Are we getting Man of Steel two or not? Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, but yeah, look for Supergirl, look, Supergirl, look, you have a golden opportunity. They have a golden opportunity with Supergirl, ironically enough. And I'll tell you what I mean. To be the anti-Supergirl TV show where you bring her in, you bring in Superman, and Superman is not, in it's Henry Cavill Superman, and he's not made to look like a wimp in comparison. Like, here's the thing. I had this idea in my head when I heard the whole thing about Supergirl be done in response to uh, Captain Marvel. Okay, look. Let's make this if I were writing this in a way almost going around that way to like what I would do with the DCU if I were writing Supergirl it would be almost like a direct response like wagging your finger at Captain Marvel' like this is what Captain Marvel could have been and should have been where okay let's do the backstory of supergirl of, of Kara being one of uh, Darkseid's fury. And she's sent to Earth after Justice League Snyder Cut, cause you know, we know how the Snyder Cut more or less ends. We know, like, um I would, like, Darkseid, you know, is mad at Step Wolfer's failure, but he's like, I would like to meet this Kryptonian myself so we can lead into that. Have her, him send Kara over. Okay, let's get some renaissance here. There's reconnaissance here. Get the lay of the land. Let's encounter this Kryptonian. She goes in the Kryptonian and Clark, she fights Clark. Clark, Clark beats her. So again, like smacking down the CW show. But yeah, beats her because at this point she's the bad guy, even though she doesn't know it. But right. Clark and Lois bring back in Henry Cavill and Amy Adams. Clark and Lois, they 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 show the to her and they show her around, and Clark and and they, and they show the value of humanity, and she realizes how wrong she's been. And that leads her to like fight off, like say, like in the third act, you know, fighting off the um, apocalypse force that was sent after her. And then she tells she 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 says to Clark, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight this. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And there you go, you have a great Supergirl show. You have a great arc for her. We root for her. She becomes the hero she's meant to be. At the same time. We solidify Superman's role in this universe. That's what you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they
2: they took, they, I mean, this is why, this is why I don't watch CW shows because not only have they watered down just about every character, they, they made Superman irrelevant in the CW. You, you could, they, they, they emasculated Superman mm-hmm. in the CW. So hey, uh, they'll yeah. never. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they, CW is about is is about where I'm feeling right now about the direction they're taking the DCEU. I, I yeah. don't really care. They can do what they want. I, I won't watch it. I, I just don't care about any <laughs> of it. And, and and this is why this is why like I said and now if they were to do something like along the lines about what, what you wanted to do where they're yeah. tying it into Dark Side and Apocalypse that would make sense and and yeah. that would be something that would be good but see that would be a darker that would be a darker Supergirl story than uh than Warner Brothers is probably looking to do they they wanna they probably want to do like a, a lighter hearted Supergirl story more in the vein of Captain Marvel but with a little bit of but with, of course, the soup, with the Supergirl, uh, uh, the Supergirl skin. You know, that's what it is. You know, it's gonna essentially be Captain Marvel with a Supergirl skin, basically. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Well, here's the thing. I can't help wondering. Why are they doing a Supergirl movie when you already have a Supergirl show? And the answer I can right. to is they want to do something different because repetition repetition you will uh, I, I why would i want like people well, want i mean by, from-
2: well if they want to do something different they need to give yeah. us a man of steel too that's that's well, that's the that's the pull point you give us a man of steel too and you give us yeah. something that you give us something that actually finishes what you started as opposed to jumping expecting us to jump on board with whatever other story you want to tell without without any kind of context whatsoever this is like i was going back to at the beginning when i was saying to you about how i feel like they're doing everything they possibly can to distance themselves from anything that came before aquaman i think aquaman is there is there is there uh is their soft reboot Sort of And you know And it's funny to me Because in Aquaman They kind of make reference To Justice League Because they There's that one line About Steppenwolf But it's kind of a But it's kind of a Throwaway line So you could yeah. So you could So you could kind of Move on from it Because they don't Really give you A whole lot of Connective tissue So it makes me wonder Well Gee Yeah they're definitely Not getting rid of Jason Momoa They're not Definitely not getting Rid of Gal Gadot so they got they gotta have some move they gotta have some kind of movie in there that's gonna be a catalyst to launch uh yeah to 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 basically reboot the D C E U. And and like I told you, I don't know what to even make of, of the whole idea of them doing an independent trilogy with Matt Reeves. That that makes absolutely no sense at all to me. So I'm so that's so why I'm sitting here saying, Okay, well well hey I, I guess, I guess that's what happens when a, when a movie studio is going through a midlife crisis. I guess yeah, that's what, I guess me- that's, I guess that's it's what good, we're seeing.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, before I get to my main point, like, yo, I will say this about Aquaman is that I got a kick out of the fact it, it directly contradicts something like that was established in Justice League about how Arthur views his mother, Atlanta. Cause in Justice yeah. League, in Justice League, um, you hear these lines like he blames his mother for abandoning him. But in Aquaman, ever since he was a teen, he understood it wasn't her fault. But, but, well, so what's going on here? But John, but then going back to John Aaron Garza's periodic table, those lines of Aquaman of Arthur blaming his mother were reshoot. They were redubbed Yeah. Yep. So with that in mind, I get up wondering: like was there? More, and also keeping in mind. What Jason Momoa said about the Snyder Cut leading leading seamlessly into the beginning of Aquaman, yes. I cannot help but wonder. Just release the Snyder Cut and then see Aquaman as is. Would there have been a lot more connective tissue with that in mind?
2: Probably. probably.
1: Yeah. Because, but, but anyway, but back to my main point. With that in mind. You mentioned a midlife crisis. It's worth noting, there of all the culprits that were responsible for screwing up Justice League and for putting the DCU on a different track, almost each and every one of those schmucks is gone. I mean, Toby Emmerich is still around, but it's just him. Sujahara is gone, Johns is gone, John Berg is gone, Diane Nelson's gone, Joss Whedon's gone, Danny elton has gone, only Emmerich remains. And here's the thing, we don't know who who the next CEO is going to be. Now, Stephen, now Stephen M. Colbert was saying he'll probably be an insider. I strongly disagree with that. Because, mainly because of why Sujahara was gone. Sujahara's gone because he, because of what he did, ticked off Me Too and Time's Up. There's no question about that. And the Me Too and Time's Up crowd, is not going to allow an Emmerich or anyone else to take over. Because you know what they're going to say. They're going to hound that person and say, where were you when this stuff was going down with Tijahara? It has got to be an outsider, and ideally, it's got to be a woman. Because, like, the image of that. Right, So exactly. And ever since, like, the last we heard is that the favorite is Stacey Snyder of Fox. And I have, and that is nothing but a good thing. I mean, leaving aside, like, we just heard, like, there was this speech that she gave about being about letting directors do their thing, respecting the directors, letting directors do their thing.
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: And under her, what have we gotten from X-Men? We've gotten Logan, we've gotten Deadpool, we've gotten Dark Like These are, like, films that are not afraid to take risks, films that are not afraid to be edgy, Films that are not afraid to be serious and dark when they need it to be. And you know, look, Stacey Snyder would have, there's going to be no love lost between her and Disney. because It's because of Disney that she's out of a job. She's going to come in, she's going to bring in her power team. Her power team from Fox, other people who got the boot from Disney. hmm Emmerich's days are numbered. There is, to me, there is no question about that. I would be very surprised if Emmerich is on board when the new CEO, whoever it will be, comes on.
2: I'm just wondering but, what's taken them so long to announce this new CEO.
1: I'm, yeah, I know, right? I know. I mean, I, I wonder if like they're doing logistics or whatever, or they just don't want any inside baseball to get <laughs> out now. But all I know is, for me, there's no question that Emmerich's that Emmerich gone. Like, I would be super surprised if Emmerich stays on somehow. But with him gone, all the saboteurs of Zach's vision go with him. And the rumblings we've been hearing that, you know, that Hamada saw the snare Cut and likes it and prefers it. So all the fun stuff, that was all coming from Emmerich and Sujahara and Johns and all the rest. But they're, but they're all, all but one are gone. Now, mm-hmm. as far as the future is concerned, well, we're getting an R-rated Birds of Prey. And, yeah. as far as, um Flash, look, um, I don't know what's going on. I mean, Ezra Miller having a, a time limit to his contract, I mean, that was the first I heard about it. And, and we've only, and the people saying it's like unnamed reliable sources are saying it, like, whatever. But look, but him bringing on Grant Morrison to write his version of the script, um, Ava DuVernay, whatever you may think of her, bringing on Tom King, you know, and I'll, and whatever you may think about Tom King's Batman, you know, being super depressed. I mean, apparently, like, his Mr. Miracle, his new stuff on New Gods was apparently pretty good. Uh, And look, I am not, I, I'm still holding on hope. Look, I am not going, to, I'm not jumping up and down with hope because, again, they've been dragging their feet on the whole Man of Steel stuff, or Henry Cavill and Amy Adams, uh, but they've got to be. I mean, I'm hoping that look. The last we heard from Amy, as far as Lois is concerned, is that he said, "Look, the funny thing is, I don't know. They didn't talk to me." But that was months ago. I are the is the reason that they're all silent. The fact does that is that reason for hope? Because I, I don't know. I mean, really. Again, policy is silent. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. But again, I can't help wondering if it all comes. I feel like it all comes down to Comic Con because we've got to get some answers sooner or later, and Comic Con is like the perfect stage to get to give us some an answers.
2: Well, thank you for bringing up Comic Con because now I want to before before we wrap things up, I, I want to get into I, I want to get into a little bit. I would like you to uh, you know explain to the listeners a little bit. About Project Comic Con, since that's your, since that seems oh, yeah, to be dude. your bread and bread and butter right now. If you'd be so yeah. kind as to briefly explain uh, the concept of Project Comic Con and what we can expect.
1: Well, let's hear. Well, here's the thing. There's been this growing concern that Warner Brothers or 18th or whoever are trying their best to view us as a, a vocal but small minority. That if they okay. ignore us, we'll just go away.
2: Right, right, which isn't well, the case. You
1: no, know, but what Project Comic Con is, it is a firm statement that we're not going anywhere, that we're big, that we are to be taken seriously. And it's this, uh, we are It's going to be as big and as bold as possible. Now we've got a two, we got a airborne banner that will be flying around the Comic-Con Convention Center for two hours. Great.
2: Oh my goodness. Yes, that's fantastic.
1: It's going to be noon on the Friday of Comic-Con and wrap your head around this. That Friday is the one year anniversary of that of that disgraceful Wall Street Journal article hit piece. Oh, yes,
2: yes. Yes, the infamous Ben Fritz article. Yes, indeed.
1: And that big, bold thing, that two-hour flight around and around and around the convention center that will not be missed, carrying that banner, WB hashtag release the Snyder Cut of Justice League, it will not be missed. We also have a um, a digital billboard, like an illuminated digital billboard, on the highway leading into San Diego, leading north into San Diego, and it's <laughs> and we, like, one design for day, one design for night, like the color schemes that work best in both conditions. And we've also we're also doing um, in the final stages of we're like booking an a an advertisement. In the Hollywood Reporters Comic Con special for this year. A half page ad. We got stage three. Stage level four that we're like finalizing, that we're currently raising money for. So go on GoFundMe, so like go to, ha- if you want, want to go on Twitter, hashtag Project Comic Con, you'll find the link to the GoFundMe. Or, or, if you want to like put a link to it, I don't know if you're able to put a link to it. But yeah, I'll put, lunch, you know
2: what? I'll post a link to the. I'll post. The, actually, we'll post a link to that on the SoundCloud uh, downloadable version of this podcast as well, so people will be able to uh, click on that link as well.
1: So level four is you know how in like those bus stops with um, shelters around around the around the bench, the bus stop shelters there are ads. We yes. have. A a bus, we're getting a bus stop where we have all the ad space uh, for a bus stop. A complete wraparound. All the panels of that bus stop are ours. It's going to be strategically placed in San Diego. Like walking distance to the convention, it's like, you know, people, you know, dropping off or being dropped off the bus or people are like waiting for the bus on their way home. They're going to see like for a week, for one week, That bus stop is going to be ours. It's going to be like a mini mural for the Snyder Cut, a little art museum for the Snyder Cut, where we're showing them everything, showing them how it's done.
2: That is absolute perfection.
1: And there may be more stuff to come. And we're also we've also got some stuff on the ground, Um, like the like the our the great like nerd queens are like organizing. You know, most of the uh, the efforts on the ground. We're heading out. We're handing out swag. We're handing out flyers. Uh, But one thing that I'm really excited about is that the morning of Hall H, I want to have some folks, some boots on the ground, outside the entrance and outside the line of Hall H, and we're holding, uh, we're going to be holding some signs. We're going to be holding like a a handheld banner, hashtag release the snare cut, a great little homage to the first thing the movement ever did, like that protest outside Warner Brothers. And we're going to be like waving to the people as they're going into, in the hall age. It's almost like that, the, um, the, the airborne banner being like a nod to a Charlie's banner that flew past Warner Brothers and, uh, that yes. took a picture up took a recording of it, said that is caring. It's almost like a nice little history lesson to the movement and this thing that we are here to stay. We're, we're not going anywhere. And this and I'm, and this. Could well be the single biggest thing that the movement's ever done. And it's, it's, it's like, it's our ultimate statement that we're, and whatever happens in Hall H, whatever Warner Brothers announces or doesn't announce, we've still done something. We have still made a difference. And you know, it's a message to Warner Brothers that we're to be taken seriously. And it's also a message anyone who sees anyone at comic-con anyone through through the press or whatever anyone who sees it's, a, it's also a big recruitment tool that we are big if you want to be a part of something bigger join us for the fight for artistic integrity join us to get Warner Bros. to release this entire cut.
2: that's yeah and you know what that that's what i'm talking about that's where we are that's what this that's where the state of the movement is now and I, you know, and this is what this is what I, I, I'm over here thinking about. All of this, if all of this, you know, taking the whole movement as a whole, everything positive that has been done that we've all contributed to in some way to make this happen. If Warner Brothers doesn't see now that there mm-hmm. is a that there is a market for this, that this is something that 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 is wanted. They're never gonna, they're never gonna see it. There's nothing. After this, after this, after Project Comic Con. Yes. I mean, they they won't, they won't be able to, they won't be able to say that it's just, that it's just some small fringe group.
1: Exactly. And I will say this, this one, this one little thing. To everyone who's been, who's in despair, who's wondering if this is ever gonna happen. Guys, release, the release of the Snyder Cut is completely Fully, one hundred percent inevitable. They are going to do it eventually. It's just a question of when. The footage exists. It's just a question of when. Now, it may, if they're, if Warner Bros is being stubborn about it, it may take a few years. But they release the Donner cut eventually. They will release the Snyder cut. And the point.
2: Donner. And what a lot of people don't realize about that Richard Donner cut, cut. is that Donner cut that was before. The internet got its prominence. People were writing letters people were and the Donner cut isn 't eve wasn 't even as complete as the yeah. Snyder cut is the Snyder cut yeah. this is the thing the Snyder cut is more complete than the Donner cut was when they finally released the Donner cut. They released yeah. the Donner cut and they had to actually. They had to use scenes from, from, the, from the theatrical version of Superman 2 because yeah. Richard Donner didn't shoot everything that he wanted to shoot for the Donner yeah. cut of Superman 2. And that's not the case with the Snyder cut. The Snyder cut is a complete film. Whether you want to haggle about special effects and this and that and tweaks and all these kinds of little things, it yeah. doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is is this is a more complete film then the Donner yeah. Cut of Superman Two is when the when the Donner Cut of Superman Two was released. The Donner Cut of Superman Two is still incomplete, even in its released form. Because when you look at the Donner Cut of Superman 2, they actually used had to use screen tests from Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve yeah. in certain scenes for the Donner Cut because uh Richard Donner was not was not able to film the scene the, those scenes. So you know what? This is that, that's another really good example of, of people's ignorance because when you think about it, if you look at the, if you look at that and you look at the Donner, the Donner cut as a template for what, what we're doing, we're already ahead because we know that Zack Snyder shot everything for the Snyder cut. So,
1: it's not, it's not a,
2: it's not a Donner cut. It's not a Donner cut scenario where he's got like, 76% of the footage or whatever. No, he shot everything.
1: He shot everything. And honestly, and he, and he did reshoots during production, whatever pickups he wanted to do, he did during production. The, uh, he had the VFX guys like start visual effects work right away. Um, Junkie XL has the score finished. We know that now. It just needs to be edited in. Uh, it's insane just how close to complete this movie is, and uh, I mean, honestly, look, it is like I said, it's going to be released eventually now as far, but again that's why I approach this with no small amount of optimism now for me, the, the tension for me is whether or not they're keeping Henry Cavill and Amy Adams, like that's my line of the sand, now here's the funny thing, um I my view toward what the most notorious part of Shazam is actually pretty much the exact opposite of what most people have. And in my review of Shazam on Western Free Press, I go into this in detail. It's like, look, the headless cameo, look, Warner Brothers could easily have used this as the opportunity to like kick off like a new the idea of a new Superman coming in by having, say, the Red Trunks or whatever, but no. They had the the Zack Snyder Henry Cavill Michael Wilkinson suit. It looks just like the suit in the the Zack Snyder deleted scenes of Justice League, where Clark shows up and to the to a Wayne to Alfred and says, "I'm assuming you're Alfred." It looks just like that suit, except like there's some little tweaks at the end, like there's like a red belt, which I can live with, and most people can't. But they're using the Zack Snyder suit. Now, as for the headless thing, well, there's David Sandberg's explanation that, look, we were planning on, on it being Henry Cavill, but like, we could only film in the school that one day, and that one day he was off filming Witcher. Now, whether you believe that or not, but the, 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 the point is, Warner Brothers was, was sparing no expense to make it look like Henry Cavill is still Superman. Now, they wouldn't do that if they didn't think it was in their financial interest to do so. And it's in their financial interest to make it look like Henry Cavill's still on. In other words, they want him still on. Henry Cavill still wants to be on as Superman. He constantly posts, Instagram posts to that effect. So to me, that's all an indication that both sides want this to continue. They want Henry Cavill's Superman to continue. Right. And if Henry stays, Amy stays. So that's why I have hope. Now, if it doesn't happen, it means that something terrible went down, and I'll just be frustrated and a pox on both your houses but I don't know it is why i I'm more hopeful than those on um, as far as that's concerned but, but that I, said, but i, mean, really- I, can't, I,
2: I I'm, I'm wondering and this is this is the does anybody know what the what the uh for the home video release has anybody been able to find out any information? about the home video release of Shazam and the yeah. alternate ending that, they're, that
1: yeah. they that um, they that they have. Yeah, he said what they are. Like he said what it is. It was like yeah, he said what it is. It's that the alternate opening is um is that it's still Dr. still young Silvana but he's like in an elevator instead of uh our cast but the uh <laughs> alternate ending was just um the kids, you know, Looking off, they see some people in danger and then they go Shazam and then they fly off. It was a more like straightforward, like if this were like a standalone movie kind of thing. And he said the reason he shot it was he um, wanted to know like he want was like if the, uh, the cameo to him didn't look right, he wanted to do, he wanted to do like that kind of like typical cliched, oh, and the adventure continues kind of ending. But that's what it was now. It, it, it was, but kudos to him for clearing up confusion right away as to what it was, because if, because you know how the rest of Warner Bros. seems to love you know allowing us to come up with our theories and then it turns out it's not true. It's so nothing kudos.
2: even close. Yeah, it's nothing even close. So. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> now that said, as far as you know, how Warner Bros. can kind of look, I, I get. Look, and as I said, I see that. That's what I see with the headless cameo. But and I but of course, obviously I understand everyone's problem with it. I would have preferred it were Henry Cavill. But you know how they can redeem it? You know how they can redeem it? Begin Shazam two with a recap of that scene, but continue that scene where it's Henry Cavill sitting down and talking with him. Just do that.
0: Well,
2: we don't even know if, if Shazam if we're gonna get a, if you're gonna get a Shazam too. That's that's the other yeah. thing. My well, my yeah. my my thing is by then by then who knows where the DCEU will be by the time something like that is even in is is even into consideration. I feel like they have a they had a really big missed opportunity here where they could have solidified the idea that Henry Cavill was Superman by having him in that cameo by finding a way to make him actually be there and that that to me that to me is another example of just warner brothers ineptitude i I just can't understand how you can how you can screw the pooch on something so obvious
1: i I don't know a lot better because like that is on warner brothers they should have scheduled things a lot better so that Henry was available from Witcher in order to do it, but yeah, they really should have scheduled that better. But I will say, I mean, because
2: as far as I, because as far as I know, the information they were filming Shazam long before it even came out that Henry Cavill was even going to be doing Witcher. So I don't know. I'm kind I mean, of, you know, I don't know if I buy into that. oh, Witcher was the was the reason. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what happens when uh you have like negotiation dust-ups, which really ticked me off. Like I was like, I was so ticked off that day when it's like at first they announced oh well uh, oh henry Cavill's out oh wait no he's not it was just a negotiation dust of that time. <laughs> yeah was, yeah of course purchasing-
2: yeah, purchasing-
1: i don't purchasing- know
2: and i and i, and I don't want to be i don't want to be that guy but you know what my yeah. personal opinion is that he is right. out i don't really believe he's coming back i don't think we'll see him again unless we get the snyder cut i think if we and i, and I think if we do when if and when we get the snyder cut it will be the final time we see all of these all of these great iterations yeah. of these characters together because clearly warner brothers is going a different way that's quite evident but so that
1: that will that will all depend on who the new pow, who the new power structure comes is who the new ceo comes in i think but as far as um uh, as far as that look again, I as far as the M two, well, remember they said like they're fast tracking it because these kids aren't getting any younger. <laughs> but as yeah. yeah, but as far as um that look, I just really hope that what we've heard about the the four movie contract turns out to be true because like I was like pumped up on that. And I just it better be it better be. Well, really as fun.
2: long and I mean for me, if if that four movie contract turns out to be true, yeah. Uh, to me, one of those movies has to either be a Justice League Two or a, or a Man of Steel Two, and I feel like I feel like it's, a Man I, of Steel Two is more likely than a Justice yeah. League Two. That's just I mean, my I,
1: yeah. And I planned this opinion. out. When I first heard that, I was like, I was piecing it together. Okay, now. Henry Cavill has one movie in his current contract. Okay. And supposedly that was supposed to be the Shazam cameo. It didn't happen. So let's make it his Shazam 2 cameo at the very beginning and maybe at the very end. So now his four movie contracts, Man of Steel 2, Supergirl, uh, Shazam 3, because Shazam Superman, The Return of Black Adam. Remember that animated short? Expand Damn. that into a, into a movie. But like I talked with, uh, on Lantern's podcast about this. I talked with Chris Long's podcast. You know, I don't want to like repeat myself over and over. So there you go. But so there's three, and the fourth can be can be um, just League two or whatever it's going to be. It's yeah, that yeah. It's- I mean,
2: who knows? I but see, that's all. That's all contingent on the idea that Henry Cavill was renewed for a four film contract, which I. Which I as much as I would like that to be true, I, I just don't, I just don't believe it, especially with all the rumblings we're hearing about a Supergirl film. And we know that if they use Supergirl, it's Super, Supergirl is going to be a vehicle to push, to push out, to help push out, not not highlight the previous uh, DCEU. It's like they were, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but they had been talking about a Supergirl movie. Several months ago, they, it was. It was. This was a long time ago. It's just. It's just now picking back up in prominence yeah. again. Because, and like you yeah. said, we don't know who the new CEO at Warner Brothers is going to be. And when that happens, when we finally get a new C- CEO, we might have a better idea as to what's going to happen. Because maybe that's another reason why none of this stuff has really been announced. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't. We still don't know about Henry Cavill. Why the Snyder yeah. Cut is still up in the air. All these things because we don't want to have a new Warner Brothers CEO.
1: And that's a third thing that Project Comic Con will do. Whoever, this new person, whoever it is coming in, this is the signal to them. Look at us. You coming yes. in. Look, one of the first things you see is us. And that's going to be, that's going to be big.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't stress enough how happy I am to even be associated with the release, the Snyder cut movement. I, I love everything that this movement stands for. It's a fantastic, yep. it's a fantastic group effort. There's so many great people involved with it. I mean, and, and like I said, it's just, it's just amazing. And I, and I said, I have yet to meet anybody and I will say, and I say this all the time, whenever I hear people talking about, you know, negative elements and things like that, I say all the time, the Snyder cut movement is a rare group of diverse individuals from all walks of life with a united common goal. We may not always yeah. d- agree on everything that happens or or the way we should do everything, but the one thing we all agree on is that we love Zack Snyder, we want the Snyder Cut, and we believe in artistic integrity. And that's what yeah. this is all about. And, you know, yeah. the reality. the reality here is, that it, it, the movement is only going to continue to grow it's not going to yeah. get smaller and that's the point that's the the greatest point that you were making when you started yeah. talking about P- project comic con this is shining light on something that is only going to make it bigger. It's not going to be smaller after Comic Con. So they have. So that. So if they if they're expecting us to just go away after a big a big campaign like Project Comic Con, they're crazy to think that 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 that's going to be the end result. They need to know and they need to understand that the only way that anything like this is going to stop at all is after they release the Snyder Cut. We need. All right. they, they got to get what they, they, we got to get what, we got to get what was promised to us. We got, we need to get that justice for Zack Snyder. And until we do, this is going to continue. And it's just going to go on and on. It's going to get bigger and bigger. And it's just going to, and, and it's going to get to the point where they're going to have no choice but to release it. So uh-huh. I, so that, so that's why, that's why I, I'm saying, I mean, to you and to, to everybody out there, it's like we as a united group, we're doing the best thing that we can do and although yeah. we might have we have might have small pockets out there that are negative and people that are constantly trying to trying to yeah. derail the mo- the movement with little things here and there look yeah. those people cannot stop this thing this train has already started and it's not it's not going away it's getting faster and faster and we and we just got to keep doing what we're doing and i yeah. and i and i just want to say with with that said it's just been mm-hmm. an absolute pleasure having you here tonight, Eric. You are awesome, man.
1: It's been a pleasure being on, uh, man. Like this, this was great. This is a great experience. Like I, I'm,
2: I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to see where things go from here. I mean, you, you, and yeah. I, we're all we're all in this together. And I and and, I, and I'm saying any time that we can that uh, that a group of fellow Zack Snyder supporters, release the Snyder Cut champions can get together and talk about these kinds of things and discuss how we feel in a positive way. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And speaking of which, I have to plug the fact that next week I will, I will be hosting comic book movie marks on the the show. And they are another, they are are another couple, a couple of guys who are Definitely supporters of the release yes. the Snyder Cut movement. So I'm looking forward to that. We've got some, I've got some big, we got some big Zod Rider shows coming up, including at oh, the yeah. end of the month, what I consider to be a, what I consider to be a milestone for this show, which will be uh, a show in which we have Chris Wong, Dave, the mm-hmm. film junkie. Yeah. And, and John Aaron Garza all on one show. So that's oh, that's going to be happening at the end of the month and I and I and I couldn't be happier and couldn't be more excited. You know, I confirmed with every single one of them today we were I was waiting to hear back from uh, John Aaron Garza and once I heard back from him I knew I'm like this is going this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be magnificent. I wanted to get them on a podcast for a long time. And I just, we were just waiting for the right time for it to happen. And like I said, this is, this is just the beginning. We're going to all keep going. We're going to all keep moving. We're going to all keep fighting, keep promoting and just, and, and just keep, keep that optimism flowing. And, you know, and with all of that said, what mm-hmm. is what are we, what do we got? What do we got here? We, what do we got here on the horizon for, for you, Eric, anything that you want to plug, just before you go, I know we're going to I'm going to post the link for the Project Comic Con on the podcast and everything. But is there anything else that you want to add that ha- hasn't already been said?
1: Well, um, well, um, if, if you have a movie, you are having movie marks after me. So I'll just say this must investigate further. It's an oh, inside yeah. joke. They you know what I'm talking about. Oh,
2: they'll they'll know. They'll know what you're talking about, huh? <laughs> okay, good. Okay, yeah. good. I you know, hey, I you know what, and I and I you know what, I will I will uh I, I will say that, you know, Lantern, isn't it? Lantern two eight one four. Lantern sure. ten huh? Is that him? Lantern two eight one four? He does he does a lot of uh podcasts with uh he's done a couple yeah. of podcasts with comic movie marks and and they've always they've always got interesting things. Uh, to say when they get together, so it's always entertaining hearing them. I uh, I don't know, maybe at one, maybe maybe at some point we'll I'll get lantern I'll get lantern over here too. Who knows? We I, 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 this is this is a long this is a long process, and again everybody's just doing what they can do to you know spread the word and keep things moving. But I I, I just I just I just you know can't get over how excited how exciting all this is. This is an exciting time regardless of 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 where you are with the fandom positive yeah. or negative you just have to look you just have to look forward and keep that optimism
1: yep as and as far as like plug in for me i mean nothing for i don't i would rather than plug in for me personally i'll just say this i mean we absolutely have plans in the future for like what uh, i'm up in various plans for what we're going to do after project comic con awesome especially if, like if a miracle were to happen, if, uh, say, a miracle were to happen and they announce the Snyder Cut at Comic at Hall H, great. But if they don't, we we we've got some great contingency plans for that. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if maybe I should. Well, yeah, yeah, I think we will because we're we're gonna like do this kind of like I think we're gonna we're planning on doing this right away, pretty much right away. But if they don't announce the Snyder Cut at Comic Con, well, we're gonna we're planning on um, doing stuff like um maybe a booth for next year who knows
2: yeah, or some now, other- now, now a booth would be a phenomenal element too because then you have the Snyder cut movement has a presence at the at the at Comic-Con as like a seri- almost like it's it's like okay this is an org- this is becoming like a charitable organization now with a mm-hmm. cause for creative integrity, I mean that—that's brilliant too. That—that yeah. that would be—that yeah. actually is—is is one of the best—one of the best ideas that I've ever heard of, as far as—as as this, because I mean, we know Comic Con is the key. And by God, dude, if this gets announced at Comic Con, on the off chance that this actually does get announced at Comic Con, that will surprise everyone, because I don't think anybody is expecting. Any kind of a Snyder Cut announcement at Comic Con. I know I'm not. And I know everything yeah. I was here, everything that I've been hearing when I foolishly dabbled into the source, into the source oh, pool. Yeah. Yeah. I d- wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't even hearing anything. My source, she wasn't telling me anything in regards yeah. to the Snyder Cut. Cause as far as she knew, the Snyder Cut thing wasn't happening. And I, yeah. you know, and like I said, it's you know, good. it's, it seems like a lot of people. It seems like a lot of people who have legit sources are hearing the same things that there really is no plans right now for anything Snyder Cut related. So, so right. I, I mean, if they announce if they announce it, it really is going to be a shock to everyone. Now, so it, it, if they really so if they really want to surprise people, they'll make yeah. an announcement at, at Comic Con. They really will. But I don't. I'm not expecting it. <laughs> I'm not, honestly, I'm not even hoping for it. Cause if yeah. it, because if it happens, but if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't, I, I'm not looking at it like, I'm not looking at it like it's a bad thing. Cause like you said, we just keep fighting and we just keep going. So. Yeah.
1: And even if we didn't, we still, it we, we, the movement still made this Comic Con something to remember.
2: Exactly. It's still something special. It's still going to be a sight to behold. I mean, my God, yeah. I, the, the idea of, of, all of these amazing things—you can't help but be hopeful and be optimistic, and just be super excited for what's going, what's coming up. When you have something as great as Project Comic Con, it's just beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's I, I, like I say—I'm in awe of it all completely, which is why I'll never understand anybody who looks at the Snyder Cut movement in a in a negative light, because everything we've been doing has all been with the best of intentions and has yep. just been with a whole heart moving forward. People are putting their heart and soul into this, into everything that we're doing, and honestly, it's just a beautiful thing to see. I... I you know, I, I mean, I can't think of a better example of a positive movement getting together in terms of fandom like this. I really can't. We the Snyder Cut fans are some of the best, some of the best people in the world, and I and I will defend that to my death. So that's 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 exactly you know that's that's how that's no how way. how invested I am. So I, I just I, like I said, I'll never I'll never see the I'll never understand the negative element. I never will.
1: Neither will I. Neither will I. In more ways than one.
2: But um, again, man, thanks so much yeah. for being here. This this was wonderful. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is gonna, this is gonna be a great episode. I I can't wait to post it for everybody who's not listening to it live to hear it yeah. when it hear it when it comes up on SoundCloud. I'm gonna try to get it up. I'm gonna try to get it on SoundCloud uh, tonight if I can get it up uh, tonight. I will. If not, it'll be up sometime tomorrow. But everybody's gonna get a chance. Everybody's gonna get a chance to hear it. Eric, you've been a wonderful guest. I, I love this man. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you on again, definitely for sure. Oh, yeah. and, spe- and once this, and I mean once this, once this Snyder cut actually comes out, oh, my yeah. plan is to have one of the biggest, one of the biggest panels I've ever had on this show. I want to get just yeah. about everybody I could possibly get that was involved in this in some way that that's, that's available to do it, to come on and to talk about it. And that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping we can have. When that happens, I you know, that's that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I, I don't know. I just I just see I just see that there's gonna be so much to talk about once the Snyder cut finally comes out. So oh, so amen to that. So, with all that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I'd like to once again thank my guest, Mr. Eric Blake, and you've been yes, listening sure. to the Zod Rider Show on PSN-Radio.com. And uh, as always, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end uh, this episode here with a song from the official uh, from the official. Uh, Singer songwriter for the Zod writer show Miss Georgina Revel, And so I will go ahead G- Georgina Revel. I will go ahead and play this Track and we will Call it a night so thank you everyone For listening to the Zod writer show And I will see you next week when we have Comic movie marks on the show Good night,
0: Good night. <laughs> Come on. Pick them Apart, one by one, you've met your match, but things will never be the same. The world is watching as I rain. One day I'll One day. I'll bear the cross and the ridicule The things that you do and the words that you say Make a separation in the church and the state Little mouse trap, then I let them eat cake Nothing like revenge with a personal taste Nobody wants me around Everybody here, drop my name like the pound No one's scared away, just a face in the crowd Sheep to the slaughter, bitches I came give my heart Yet you broke all the rules So bow down, bow down There's only one ground, one ground, one ground One day I'll fall this game of thrones may topple over walls All for peace only all for wounds Part of my back's the guillotine cuts If you meddled on the things settled as a dust Nothing to regret if this was or not Just, nobody wants me around Everybody here drop my name at the pound No one's away, just a face in the crowd Sheep to the slaughter bitches I give my heart